Hi, I'm Aaron Cobb. I own Fetch IMC. We're an integrated marketing communications company that works primarily with small businesses. You're listening to Graduated Entrepreneur. Uh, We put together this series as a kind of culmination of our 10 year celebration. Fetch turned 10 in 2019. And what I wanted to do was kind of share some of the things that I've learned as I reflected over the 10 years as an entrepreneur. And really what I've identified is I've benefited from having an amazing circle of people from family and friends to clients to my de facto board of advisors. And what I found is since we primarily work with other small businesses and graduated entrepreneurs, a lot of our stories are similar, even though our our industries may be a little bit different. And the other thing that I noticed was I learned the most from other business owners. And what I want to do is connect those folks in my circle to other folks who can benefit from those types of conversations, stories, and lessons. So uh, you're going to hear various types of um, kind of themes and various types of stories. Um, To start off, I know it'll be very, very kind of close to the people that are closest to me. But from there, I'd love to expand it and uh, kind of see where this thing goes. So without further ado, um, welcome to Graduate Entrepreneur. We appreciate you listening in. So this is a special edition of Graduated Entrepreneur. We interrupted the first season to really focus on what's going on right now, and that's the pandemic that has really the whole world shut down. Um, You know, the first wave of businesses to really get hit has to be the hospitality industry, right? They pretty much got shut down around the world. And, you know, my whole career, I've had the pleasure of working with phenomenal, phenomenal people in that industry. So I reached out to some of my contacts and I asked if they wouldn't mind sharing their story about what's going on. You know, really what I wanted to do was to focus on, you know, what they saw, um, what they're doing that's working, things that they're seeing that aren't working, not only to be able to share those ideas with each other, but to be able to share them with other people in other markets and within the same industry. Uh, Because I think as small businesses and really as restaurateurs and hospitality um, professionals that are on this upcoming episode, uh, we're all in this thing together. And my suspicion was correct. Uh, Everyone that I asked to be a part of this, if they were able to, they jumped right at it. Uh, There's some really high caliber folks on here. I apologize in advance. Some people weren't able to really speak about where they work. There's a couple of chefs that are under NDA, um, but they have some pretty impressive resumes. Um, But the folks that were able to share, they'll tell their story as well. Um, I anticipate that there'll be additional um, stories to come out from this. But this first wave, we're really focusing on the restaurant hospitality industry. We have somebody from Oakland. We have uh, someone from Chicago. We have two chefs from New York. So we're really able to represent what's going on in the country. Um, I hope you get value out of it. If you know somebody in this industry, please share it with them um, so they can kind of get some value out of it as well. Uh, so without further ado. Uh, my name's Eric, and uh, I'm a chef in New York City. Uh, been here for about 10 years, and uh, before that, I've, I've born and raised in Chicago. That's how I met Aaron, actually. Um, kind of grew up in the same area. Uh, but I, I started, I went to culinary school uh, at the Illinois Institute of Art, and I uh, started my career in there, and then moved to New York. Uh, but I've always been in restaurants since I, uh, you know, since I was in high school. I think my first restaurant job, pizza place, Connie's Pizza. But uh, that's, that's how I got started. I kind of just stuck with it. I always enjoyed restaurants. I always enjoyed like being around people and uh, working with my hands. Um, 
Um, I'm Scott Weiner. I'm the uh, co-owner of the 5050 Restaurant Group in Chicago. We uh, have about 12, 12 or 13 uh, locations, uh, everything from bakeries to pizza to fine dining and sports bars. Um, I went to UNLV. I've got a degree in hospitality administration. And uh, yeah, been in this business my whole life. My first job was a uh, uh, server at Johnny Rockets and I've uh, been doing it ever since. Mm. I'm Aikisha. I am here in um, Oakland, California. I've been in the food industry for about eight years now. It started in um, the food truck industry, actually. Um, I was a truck driver for quite a while, since I was 23 to 27, but I've always loved to cook. Uh, yeah, what's going on? So um, I, uh, I'm a chef in New York City right now. I'm running a, uh, like a 300 seat restaurant on Bowery. And I, I, yeah, I don't know, we're just getting our asses kicked by this thing right now. It sounds like everybody's going through it. So Eric, about how many people work uh, with you currently at your establishment? Uh, Work-wise, uh, I work with close to uh, close to 100 people, like 85, around 85 people. Um, it's one of the biggest staff that I've ever worked with, actually. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot that takes place in a in a fine dining establishment, uh, you know, that requires a lot of extra hands, and I think that's uh, really special. And then yeah, we're finding, you know, it's just you know, moment in time, it's like really, you know, really hard to have such a big team and uh, just with all, all the unknowns, it's, you know, kind of, uh, kind of unsettling. But, yeah. And then Scott, how many folks do you have working under you in the 50-50 group? Uh, usually we've got a little over 600. Uh, right now we've got a lot less. So my next follow-up question is, um, when did you know major changes were coming um, because of you? Uh, I really, I had, I mean, I had an idea for a while, um, just, just from reading global news and, and paying attention to, uh, I have some, uh, attachments and, uh, and people that I know, uh, in China specifically. So, um, I had some like ideas about what, what to be looking out for. And, um, yeah, I've been aware of what's going on, but I really didn't think that America was going uh, woke up to what was going on, or myself just like realizing it was what was going to happen here, and similar has it uh, similarly as it has in other countries. But I think that was last Thursday when the NBA canceled their season or decided to postpone their season indefinitely. If you will, uh, I think that was a big one because this is a multi-billion-dollar company that employs many, many people all across the, the nation and, and, and the world, and. To see that come to a halt, I was like, "This is uh, this is serious." I mean, people are gonna, people are going to follow suit. Yeah, Scott, how about yourself? When did you kind of first realize that um, things were going to be majorly impacted by it? I think it all sort of. I, I don't think I, I was really prepared for it. To be honest, I think it kind of took me by surprise. I, I'd, I'd gladly admit that I, I definitely didn't take it as seriously as it should have been up until probably you know as, as soon as I. As soon as I started seeing uh, the outbreak in New York and, uh, you know, the cruise ships, I kind of figured something was going to happen. But I mean, the reality is I've been, I've been hearing and reading about this since January and, uh, you know, wish I'd been a little bit more prepared. Um, and quickly, 
our downtown places where I started seeing impact about a week earlier than I started seeing in the neighborhoods. So I started seeing sales go down at uh, Steadfast by 70, 60, 70% at night. And um, once I saw that a couple days in a row, and you know, I had a good feeling that uh, I was going to see that eventually in the neighborhoods. And uh, the next thing that happened was I, I, my event, my event people started talking to me and telling me that, you know, we just lost $400,000 worth of uh, convention business for April. And at that point I knew, <laughs> I knew it was real. I, uh, I, 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 I also, oh, what was that? I would say I also have, I also have events, uh, in the property that I work on as well. And that was, yeah, that, that started happening. That was like a domino effect over the last week. Uh, just corporate events, uh, you know, weddings, things like that. Can we push this back? Can we, you know, figure this out? Well, and it was like very, uh, very sobering pretty quickly to sure. see that. Well, we, so we, we're, well, you know, we're part of a national restaurant chain, not a chain, but like a national restaurant company. So we do these calls, the like conference calls. And, uh, you know, we have chefs from all over the country talking about what they're going through, like all inside our company. And, uh, you know, we, we started seeing it first in New York City. And, um, you know, we, we, as soon as we started to see business going down and the news began to, you know, making things seem worse than they, they were at the time anyway, we, um, you know, we, we started putting our eyes on four days and, you know, we were, we were business kind of ground to a halt on the weekdays, but, you know, we joked that on the weekends, people were still immune because we were still, you know, the first weekend that everything seemed really bad, we were still doing like 700 covers a night. So, you know, but, but during the week we were doing less than a hundred. But I mean, it, you know, it sounds like everybody's going through the same thing. You know, we, we you know, like, like I heard you guys talking about events and, you know, like there were, I remember there was one day I was walking to work and I was literally email after email after email of events being canceled. I think that was, that was not this week. I guess that was maybe a week and a half ago. And it was just like, everything just coming down was just saying no. I spent the first week of March in the West Coast. Um, and it was definitely like, I definitely saw a lot of uh, things starting to happen in the news at that time. Uh, and when I, you know, and uh, my fiance's parents were like, yeah, you shouldn't fly right now. And like, we, we wanted to do it. We're like, you know what? I, I knew it was kind of, you know, it was coming, but I was like, okay, well, this is probably early enough. Like, we should just go for it. We're not going to get a chance to go on vacation here for a while. So, uh, and she had some speaking engagements. Uh, she actually did a speaking engagement at the Colony Institute of America in Napa. Um, so, uh, wine and uh, beverage, it was like a wine and beverage seminar for professionals. It was pretty cool. So we got to spend some time out there. Uh, people were still going out. Like we went out to eat. You know, we still went out to eat then, and uh, places were full. And you know, crazy busy. We we're there during the week, so and then people people were out. Uh, and then we were in. The, we were in. The, there was definitely like already people um, putting out signs and stuff like that, and there was precautions. But the mall, you know, the malls were still fairly busy, and people were still out. You know, this is just like 16 days ago. You know, not even you know less than that. And all of a sudden, people are you know are uh, sheltering in place in the Bay Area. Maybe two weeks later, like, what a different vibe. I came back to New York and uh, completely different. Everything uh, started to change. And then within three days of me being back, you know, that, that's when the NBA had done a cancel their season and the real stock, real talks were happening. Yeah. So one that kind of sheltering in place topic, right? So not everybody's done that yet. And am I mistaken? Has everybody shut down? Has every city shut down all their restaurants from dining in? Currently, are there still places that are allowing 
I don't know. I don't know about um, you know nat nationally, but I know that you know from from what I know of my company, LA is down, uh, Vegas is down, and yeah, New York is definitely there's no dining in. It's just takeout and delivery. Yeah, there, there's actually it's uh, 21 states are wow. shut down for dine-in. Uh, there's still still 29 where you can still dine out, but uh, I think it's safe to say every every major city at this point is pretty much shut yeah. down from what I've heard. So this is the part of the episode where we transition from getting to know each other and everybody giving a little bit of background into really talking about some solutions, right? Here are some things that we see that are working, some things that aren't working so well. It was a really lively conversation. I tried to take the best parts of it, the most informative parts, because everybody was pretty open and honest and authentic throughout it. So I hope you uh, get something out of it and I hope that it's valuable for you as well. Sure. I mean, from a, uh, I mean, my restaurant group, we've, we're, we've got a lot of different concepts, you know, and there's some concepts that are absolutely built for carry out and delivery. There's others that are not. And from my perspective, it, it wasn't even worth trying to figure that out. You know, I'm approaching every day, not from the mentality of I'm trying to make money, I'm approaching every day right now with the mentality of I need to have enough money in the bank to be able to reopen my concepts and um, when this all dies down. So, you know, it, from from where I'm sitting right now, like the places that are built for carry out and delivery, you know, they're doing OK. And I'm keeping as many managers employed right now as I can across the group. And I got guys, you know, running deliveries and doing whatever they can right now just to give them uh, just give them a purpose and doing stuff. Um, but I, I would say that you got to just look at the big picture and make sure it makes sense to even be open, knowing that you're, you might, the easiest thing might be to do is just close and work with your landlord or pay your rent and, and at least be able to reopen on solid footing. It sounds like almost everybody on this call, you know, on this podcast, like works for a decent sized group. And, and that's, that's, that's a good thing. Um, but on the side of business that you don't have a lot of money in the bank, I, you know, I heard cutting hours, like there's, there's a lot of different things you can do right now. Um, but ultimately the government right now is stepping in and they're going to step in to help business and help people out. Just having, having the, having the wherewithal to just sort of be thinking about six weeks from now, getting your doors back open without being in major debt is is what I would say to be thinking about. And, you know, some of the things we've been doing, we've called vendors and we've said, hey, we got to hold on to cash because we got to make payroll. Can you take a credit card? I've, you know, we're not paying sales tax. We'll, we'll pay a small penalty if we have to in a month, two months. You know, every little thing that every little thing that we can do just to keep cash in the bank, that's been the name of the game right now. And that's what I would advise other people to be doing you know, across the country if they think this might happen to them. And obviously, if you think you can do carry-out and delivery, it's not a bad idea to try to get ahead, you know, figure out how you're going to do that. So. Yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Like, you really nailed it on the head with, uh, you know, you got to play the long, everyone has to play the long game here uh, in order to survive, the business to survive, and, you know, and be able to create, you know, you, you need to be able to pick the jobs back up when the time comes. If everybody closes, you know, it's going to be even more difficult for people to find a job and it's difficult they make these difficult decisions they're difficult for everyone everyone has to make difficult decisions right now because this is like a pretty historic moment in our, in our lifetime 
I would say. And, and uh, you, know, look, you know, look at like people talk about the, uh, referencing the Great Depression and some other huge moments where, you know, you really have to be smart about it or, or you, uh, you know, you, have, you can risk losing everything. And I think, uh, you know, those hard have to be made. Absolutely. You know, keep cat and cash flow, number one. Um, well, I, I was going to say, like, just, just speaking to what you guys were saying about, like, delivery. And um, I, I just, you know, for a lot of us, there's, it's just, you know, you're right. It doesn't make sense. And it's like, you know, you're going to keep, you know, I, 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 I guess what I was getting at was, like, you know, from what Aaron was asking, if there's anything you can do to prepare. And I, I don't think there is, you know, there's not that there's no there's no good scenario for, for, for anybody in this. It's like. There might be something better than closing, but even that's probably just going to be temporary. So I, I don't know that there's much that you can really do to protect yourself right now. I mean, if you don't if you don't do delivery typically, like doing delivery right now is just a band aid. You know, what I mean, you're doing it because you know you're doing it because you want to be part of the community. You're doing it because you want to try try to create some sort of revenue to give to your staff. But like, you know, ultimately, like if you, if your check average is like a you know sixty to sixty to eighty dollars, and you're gonna do like or you know or more, you know a lot more, and you're you know you're selling units for you know you gotta sell units. You're trying to sell like whatever fifteen, twenty, thirty dollar units or something like you know it's just the numbers don't, the numbers don't add up. And like uh, Scott was saying, it may not make sense to, to do delivery. People aren't set up for it. You have to spend a lot of money up front to you know buy packaging, uh, work with you know you gotta think you gotta do photo shoots you gotta get people in to you know have all this stuff you know you have to do R&D you gotta make sure it works you know if, if you don't typically do I feel like if you're more of like a fine dining establishment you have to you have to do a little bit of R&D to figure out you know what travels well what's gonna work for you uh, and again the goal in the end isn't gonna be to like this is gonna fix all our problems it's gonna be you know it's just like a really small gesture I think that you know can go a long way if it, may, if it makes sense but it may make sense for other people just to save their cash and just, you know, rely on the government, you know, the government legislation to, you know, help out. And, and you know, I just like, Eric, I like uh, how you put it earlier where you were saying, you know, hey, everybody's trying to save jobs now, which is admirable, but there needs to be jobs in the future. Right? So if you're doing things to try to save jobs now, but they've been working or it doesn't make sense, then that's basically the fact that you're going to end up closing and you won't be able to go back with jobs again. Right? Is that, is that kind of accurate um, from what you were saying? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a few of us have dealt with uh, things in the past. I mean, I personally have dealt with um, uh, Hurricane Sandy in the East Coast in uh, you know, 2012. Um, and the aftermath of that, you know, a lot of places closed. And that was a, a huge thing for New York. Um, and uh, and that, was just, that was just New York. Uh, you know, lots of places closed and never recovered. And even after trying, you know, funding and, and, uh, and donations and, you know, um, relocating and you know staying open another like you know six months to a year or two and then ultimately closing it's so hard on you uh, financially to, to get through some of these disasters um, the 2008 crisis was you know it's like I mean honestly this, this right now seems like putting uh, lumping a bunch of like huge things that have happened to us regionally or nationally and like putting it all together for the entire world so like you know, I, I'm talking about like hurricanes Katrina, Hurricane Sandy, or the, you know the hurricane that we had in Puerto Rico two years ago, uh, you know the financial crisis, 9/11, all these things like have, cre- have created these issues, and like right now, like every country is about to experience this simultaneously, and it's wild. What do you see that? I mean, we kind of hit all these, right? What's working? What can you do to prepare? 
um, what isn't working. I mean, if you had to just kind of say a few things to summarize your point, um, and like if we can make it at all positive, right, for folks, um, what are some things that you could say, um, you know, that coming out of the other side of it, you can look forward to or uh, might be able to. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. If you have a really like if you have a really cool logo or if you're really branded in a really cool way, even if you're not, merchandise might be the way to go. Like everyone's and things that I'm doing to try and see if people want to buy to help support, you know, um, just to think outside the box a little bit. It doesn't have to be free, you know, buy a sticker, buy a patch, buy, um, you know, custom deck, whatever it might be. I don't know how long it's going to take to get through it. Outside companies may produce them, but still, those are the different type of things that we can do. Also, um, just holding on to your cash, not trying to figure out the delivery things, like you always said before, might be the best bets for those not in the delivery takeout space. And just also just providing helpful, you know, for when you are doing R&D, post it online, post the recipe help people do the recipes at home and I know it may be difficult for them to get to the store but you know make it as simple as possible if you don't have or still engage with your audience with some type of content whether that be merchandise whether that be um, information education and just stay connected until this all goes over and we can get back to doing what we do I mean some some good I don't know I mean what's going to come out of this hopefully is uh, something is like the, the daunting numbers that of uh, the hospitality industry and like food and hospitality and service industry is pulling these numbers just out of my head yeah, yeah, I so. read earlier like Andrew Carmody posted this thing it's like I mean like uh, it's like a seven, seven or seven or eight eight hundred billion dollar industry a year cruise ships are asking for the money and they're like they do like 54 billion or whatever it is you know what I mean but like this is a huge part of uh, the United States mm-hmm. you know the service industry um Retail and service industry, and and most of the, and most of the people like uh, throwing out quick, easy, you know, work. You know, I think uh, these have touched, touched on this. Like, you know, working from home is not possible in our industry. You know, uh, all these things that people are talking. You know, you know, insurance is most. A lot of people don't have insurance. To, you know, uh, working in this industry. Uh, that's another a huge challenge, and like hopefully that's something that's going to be addressed. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's just it's an eye opener because this is a huge part of America, and, and people are really, you know, a lot of businesses right now are going to see who we really need and who we're going to really trust and who we're going to rely on and not take things so for granted. And I think everyone's just going to take a step back about, you know, you know, when it comes to um, per- how you know how they purchase things, how they make things, the decisions they make. This is the stuff I've been reading and coming to my own conclusions about you know, day by day. And I think about what's happening and you know what, how long this could possibly take to you know society. I think that all of 2020, <laughs> not not, nothing, all. nothing's going to be normal about this year. You know, I'll hopefully you we're you know. I'll tell. I'll tell. Yeah. What you know? I'll, even if I'll, it, I'll tell yeah. all of you like. Um, Go ahead. You know, one of one of the big parts of of my job and obviously I'm, I'm in the front of the house so I I'm, I'm focused not just on you know operations but I'm also involved in in government um, New York you guys have a fantastic restaurant association and tremendous tremendous um, a tremendous voice in the city and you know Illinois we do as well and right now we're focusing a lot of our efforts on the national side of things um, you know, currently there's two there's two things going through Congress right now on this uh, trillion dollar stimulus plan, and the question we all need to be asking is how do we get money to businesses and workers? 
And there's really, there's, there's two camps right now. There's uh, the Donald Trump and uh, Secretary Mnuchin camp. And this camp is worried about getting reelected, you know, as are all politicians, but Trump really wants his name on every single check that goes out to every single voter. And then there's a, a second camp, which is Marco Rubio, Lindsey Graham, and um, Mark Meadows. And what they're trying to do is get people, get checks into people's hands, but they're also focusing on getting rescue um, to small businesses to cover payroll, cover business expenses. And, um, you know, rescue really, it respects the integrity of our employers. Um, it strengthens how we operate our business. And ultimately, if, if we're able to find some bipartisan support right now in Washington, we could get the best of both worlds. So I would strongly urge you guys, as we're, as we're looking six weeks, eight weeks down the road, what's life gonna be like? Life could be a hell of a lot easier if we've got some loans that get forgiven, if we're able to use them just for payroll or for operating expenses. That's the best thing we can do for our employees right now. And right now, just bringing, bringing our elected officials together to make sure that something good passes ultimately is the best thing for our industry right now, because there's no coming out of this without help from Washington, no matter what anybody says.